When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 103. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there, friends, and welcome back. On today's show, we are exploring the connections between materialism, eco-friendly purchases, and well-being. Now, what on earth does that mean? Well, let me explain it to you with a little quiz. Let's say you have an event coming up and none of your go-to outfits currently hanging in your closet are quite right for this event that you have on your social calendar. Your existing outfits are either too fancy or not fancy enough. The items that you already have might be in meh condition. They just don't excite you. So what on earth do you do? In this scenario, on this little quiz, you have three choices. You could, option A, Head to the mall and purchase a gloriously perfect new outfit. You'll get that boost of endorphins from a new purchase. And you'll get a shiny new outfit to wear to this party and beyond. So that's option A. Option B, you could repair or you could dress up some existing pieces in your closet so that what you already own looks presentable for your upcoming event. Alternately, in option B, you could borrow an outfit from a friend or perhaps even rent an outfit from an online site. That's option B. Finally, option C is you could green buy. You diligently research ethical and sustainable clothing brands. You find a company that matches your values and that sells the type of outfit you need for this shindig at a price point you're willing to pay. You find an outfit from this company that looks good, it makes you feel good, and it's what you consider to be an ethical purchase. The question we are answering on today's episode is which of those three options, option A, B, or C, which of those three options will make you happier? I'm not going to give you the answer to this little pop quiz right now, but my guest today will. Today, I am chatting with Dr. Sabrina Helm. Dr. Helm is a researcher and an associate professor at the University of Arizona. She is on the show today to explain to you and to me the findings from her recent research into materialism, 
consumption, and a potential new subset of purchasers that she terms green materialists. Enjoy the interview. Dr. Helm, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today to talk all about green materialism. I'm really thrilled to have this conversation with you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. And thank you very much for your interest in our work. Well, your research interests are almost perfectly aligned with what I talk about on this podcast. So it's kind of as though our virtual meeting is faded almost. Before we get into your research and your findings, I'd love for you to tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, yeah. So my name is Sabrina Helm. Um, I am working at the University of Arizona in a program which is called Retailing and Consumer Sciences. And so my my background is um, in, in education and research on marketing and more like in the business and corporate world. And I came um, to the United States. I'm sure you can pick up my accent. I'm from Germany originally. <laughs> I came to the United States and here to Arizona um, roughly 11 years ago. And I somehow re- started to revamp my, my research interest and my research profile and the work that I'm doing. I've always been fascinated by how consumers make choices and trying to understand what some may perceive as the irrationality of certain behaviors and you know, basically why we do what we do and why we don't do certain other things is always very fascinating. And I, I switched focus in my research from more like the, you know, selling product, if you will, (laughs) the marketing perspective, to more of a conservation-oriented one that has to do with the environment. I I personally have a great interest in the environment. I'm very very outdoorsy. I'm, you know, hiking out there all the time. I love Arizona. It's the most beautiful landscape you can imagine. But it's also very dry. Um, And people splurge with water use and and energy use. And, I mean, you just observe that. And specifically, when you come from a different cultural background, mine being European, um, you come over here and you notice certain let's call them overconsumption patterns. Uh, and so that, that just triggered my interest. So this combination of being you know, interested in environment and, and nature and sustainability and then also trying to understand consumers has led me to really refocus my research. And so I've started looking into what, is, what does sustainable consumption mean and how do consumers make choices that are more or less sustainable? How do they sometimes think that they're actually doing the right or the green thing and then actually turns out that it's not so good, not so optimal? So, so that's basically what I'm interested in now. The research study that really caught my attention was the one titled Materialist Values, Financial and Environmental Behaviors and Well-Being. I love your body of work as a whole, but I was hoping we could really hone in on this study in particular because you talk about and you and you come to some conclusions about the consumption, the purchasing of all those quote eco-friendly products that are on the market. And before we even get to the findings I'd love for you to explain to me and to the average listener in the gentlest terms possible what you were studying and how you studied it. So this study looked at two different kinds of uh, behaviors or, or ways in which we cope with limited you know, resources. And we usually have limited financial resources, at least most of us have. And we also have limited environmental resources in the 
big scheme of things. Yeah. So, um, and in this study, we were trying to find out are these two kinds of behaviors or orientations in people's linked? Yeah. So, so, um, how do materialist values that all of us have to some degree, yeah, um, how do they impact how we spend our money or whether we save our money? And how do they impact how we buy or don't buy products? And we, we phrase that more in this green sphere. Yeah, we call it green buying, yeah, buying of products that have you know green brands or are, 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 have a claim to be more environmentally friendly. Or whether people just buy less overall, yeah. and we thought that you know the the more people are capable of managing their financial resources wisely, the higher would be their well being, the better they would feel with their life, uh, feel in life, yeah, and the better they would would cope overall. Um, and we also thought there might be a link between this materialistic um, aspirations that we all have, um, how we buy or don't buy green products, this is also linked to how we perceive um, our life satisfaction. And we even thought that there's also a link to potentially you know, psychological distress because um, research has shown in the past that the more materialist people are, and materialist means, um, you know, how much value we um, we have for possessions in our life and how important material possessions are in our life. So research has shown that these materialist values very often are linked with higher depression. Um, so, so bad or negative uh, mental health effects and decreased overall quality of life and, and well-being. And so, so these are the kinds of linkages that we were trying to look at. Yeah. So how materialistic is somebody? Are they showing pro-environmental coping behaviors, that's this green buying or reduced consumption. Are they showing more wise financial behaviors, meaning saving? Yeah? And how are both of these uh, strategies linked to well-being or psychological distress? All right. So what did you find? Well, we found a number of surprising and a number of more or less expected things. Yeah. So in our context, we expected that materialism or materialist values would be negatively related to, to people's savings behaviors, yeah, which we call proactive financial coping. So somebody who's very materialistic tends to spend a lot of money, and that means they, they save less money. Yeah? And we expected that to then be linked to decreased well-being. So somebody who's very materialistic, has no, no money to save, will also have lower well-being outcomes. Because there's, there's an established record in the literature that would already assume that. And even, you know, in layman's terms, that's, that's not something that's surprising, right? I mean, we would expect that that happens in people's lives. Um, but then we looked at this green buying and reduced consumption aspect. So first off, that there are really these two different strategies that people employ in terms of what we call proactive environmental behaviors is something that we haven't seen you know, in other research in the past. Yeah. So we, we, we asked consumers about a variety of different green behaviors or pro-environmental behaviors, whether they, you know, engage in them or not. And, and then statistically, we could separate out two different areas emerging in there. Yeah. So one was this green buying. Yeah? So do you, do you buy products that um, um, have some environmental benefit uh, green brands, uh, uh, do you buy from companies that uh, have high corporate social responsibility and, and all that? Yeah, but it's all, all around what you buy, things that you buy that just then are 
more green than the traditional products. And then the other area that emerged was what we then called reduced consumption. Yeah? Do you rather repair items than buying new, for instance? Yeah? Do you avoid, uh, try to avoid impulse purchases yeah? and rather not buy? And a couple of these kind of factors. So that's very different to, from, from buying green. So the first interesting thing is that these two different be behaviors really emerged in the data. And then, of course, we try to link those with materialist values and then also these, these well-being outcomes. So what we find is um, somebody who is uh, highly materialistic, not so surprisingly, surprisingly uh, does not show reduced consumption. Yeah, I mean, a materialist is inclined to buy more and not buy less. So that makes total sense. Yeah. So the more materialistic I am, the less likely I am to reduce my consumption. We, we saw a very weak link, actually, between materialist values and green buying. Yeah? So uh, according to the literature, we would have expected that somebody who is mat uh, a materialist is less likely to buy green stuff, just because generally it's said that materialists are not, so much interested in the environment. And, and, and so that, that's, that doesn't seem to be necessarily the case. And that's why, you know, we, we come to this conclusion, maybe there is a thing such as a green materialist, right? That's, that's quite interesting. Are some materialists satisfying their materialist values of buying and consuming by buying green products? It's likely, yes, yes. So, so again, we don't have strong evidence in our data set because the link between materialist values and green buying is um, weak. Yeah. If we if we had a very strong link here, yeah, then we could pretty much say, well, people who buy green stuff, yeah, green products, um, uh, tend to be rather materialistic. I, I can't make that blanket statement. Yeah? But um, it seems like there are materialist people who use green products to still satisfy their materialistic aspirations. Possessions are important in their life, uh, but these can also be green possessions. And that's something that you may actually see if you if you if you you know if, if you now start looking into uh, consumer behaviors and, and think about okay, which of those could be inspired by some sort of materialism. Yeah? Materialism has to do with status. Yeah, um, how we perceive ourselves in terms of what we have. So, so there has been research, for instance, looking at in, into hybrid vehicles and 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 other products that are clearly visible. Yeah, and and I, as a consumer, can derive status from possessing these kind of items. Yeah, I'm I'm the Prius owner. Yeah, I have nothing against Prius. Owners. I'm just saying that as an example. Yeah, I I showcase my environmental values by having a product that also showcases those environmental values. And in that context, you know, there is clearly a link between valuing material, uh, uh, material possessions and perceiving yourself to be green. And you, you, you show that by buying green stuff. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. And I'd love to tie this back to the ideas you mentioned earlier about materialism and mental health or well-being. What is better for mental health? Is it buying less or is it buying green or neither? So what we see in our data is that there is a, um, a positive link between reduced consumption and uh, personal well-being and life satisfaction. 
Yeah, meaning that people who buy less, so that means that they are less inclined to impulse purchase or that they're more inclined to repair stuff before they buy new things. Those were the examples that I already mentioned. Um, so people who show these kinds of resource saving patterns, if you will, yeah, they tend to um, uh, report higher well-being and life satisfaction and lower psychological distress. So just looking at our data, um, um, I would conclude that, you know, reducing consumption makes you happier. <laughs> um, but we see we see that also in other other areas. Yeah, there's a, a very rich research stream already starting in like the 1970s um, around something that's called voluntary simplicity. Right. So people who voluntarily lead a simpler life very often report increased well-being, yeah, life satisfaction, and lower tendency for depression and other negative mental health effects. So there, there is really a, a, a strong hint yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that, that reducing your consumption indeed has positive effects for your, your mental well-being. That's an excellent takeaway for the average listener to my show, right? That leading a simpler life often leads to better mental health. But I just want to just kind of hammer this nail down to make sure I understand. Are you saying that purchasing a green product instead of a conventional product when both are on the market, let's say um, a shirt, let's say that's made from organic cotton as opposed to conventional cotton, we think we're doing the right thing. But if we're just buying that organic cotton shirt to satisfy our level of individual materialisticness that we're kind of just kicking the can down the road a bit. We're not maybe tackling the the bigger issue of our level of materialism. Well, there's several levels to your question, right? So on the on the macro level, yeah, so what that me, meaning what does, you know, people's consumption behavior imply for the environment overall, right? Um uh, one would say that if you replace traditional product by green product, it does have a positive impact on the environment because you do reduce the negative effects um, that many traditional pro uh, products have on the environment. So overall, that's still a good thing to do, right? Um, in terms of the environment. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I, I don't want um, anybody to think that I'm against replacing a traditional product with greener versions, in, if indeed they are more environmentally beneficial, right? I mean, we have to be aware of greenwashing as well. On the on the micro level, meaning you know the individual consumer and their motivation to act green. Yeah, what we looked in our study was simply the effect on their well being. Yeah, and, and so so that's 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 one thing that's important to know. When I when I say that people feel better if they reduce their consumption compared to buying green things, yeah, that only has to do with with with, with their well being outcomes, their their mental well being outcomes that they reported in this study. And there are other motivations why I might buy green things or I am motivated to reduce my consumption. Yeah. What, what I, my personal takeaway from the study as a researcher and also as a consumer is that um, obviously if we think in, in bigger terms and if our motivation is to reduce our ecological footprint, then um, 
essentially buying less is creating more of an impact, right? Buying less always means that there are more resources left over for future generations. What I'm taking from your summary of your research is that buying less is the best practice from an environmental standpoint, and it's also better or or the best practice as opposed to buying a lot for your well-being. Would that be accurate? That's accurate um, if you're talking about your average consumer. Of course, we have to be cognizant that there's many consumers who don't have a lot. Yeah. So to preach to them that they should reduce their consumption, of course, makes no sense. So when we have these kinds of conversations, we usually assume consumers who are, you know, well situated and and financially capable to satisfy all sorts of materialistic needs that might, you know, come up. And and so of course we we need to, you know, realize that caveat that there is many many who don't even have that ability to satisfy basic needs. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Helm, this was a really insightful conversation for me, and I know I'm going to be mulling over what you've said long after uh, we hang up, and I'm going to come up with so many much better questions. (laughs) But I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show to explain your research. Where can listeners who are interested find more about your research interests and what you do? Um, well, you can Google me. Yeah. So you, you, if you just put in my name, um, Sabrina Helm, you'll find my website at the University of Arizona, which presents a bit of background on me and also has links to um, some of the research that I've, that I've done. I want to just thank you one more time for coming on and I wish you a wonderful holiday season and I look forward to seeing what you study next. Thank you so much for having me and happy holidays to you and all your listeners. Thank you. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Sabrina Helm from the University of Arizona. I have linked to her bio as well as to the abstract from the research we discussed today in this week's show notes. Now, speaking of the show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 103. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 103. This week's eco tip, it comes from listener Beth. Beth listened to last week's episode all about the environmental implications of online shopping, and Beth wrote to me with such a simple but such a really amazing eco-tip, which is to delete the Amazon app from your phone. Genius, right? Deleting the app makes those unintentional and thoughtless purchases a little bit harder for you and I to make, right? Because purchasing isn't literally at the tip of our fingers anymore when the app is deleted. I love it. On next week's show, we are discussing greenwashing. We're defining it, and then we are talking about tried and true ways to spot it. I will see you then. Have an amazing week. Take care.